Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 159, and we're talking about independent travel in China. But today we're actually in Chalet Belena, up in the uh, the French Pre-Alps, a town called Chenayon, near Le Grand Bernard. Yeah, it's awesome. We're just staying in a little chalet. Well, actually it's quite a big chalet, but we've got an apartment at the bottom. And it's so nice. We've got a view out over the valley with the... the the hills and the mountains in the background. It's really weird, though, because there's a lot of chairlifts. And, you know, one or two of them are working, but most of them aren't. And it looks kind of like they're dead, but they're not. They're just... They're just know. sleeping. They're just sleeping. They're hibernating it's for the okay, summer. It's okay, Linda. They're just sleeping. <laughs> it's very difficult to deal with this, because, of course, this is one of the places where people come to ski. You know, it's quite a long winter season, then nothing for a while, and then a very short summer season. And it's gorgeous up here. I think more people should come up here for summer. Mm, yeah, we got to see the Tour de France go past the other day. It was uh, about one hour of vehicles passing and about three to seven minutes of bikes going flying past. Yeah, they were really fast, especially because we were on the downhill. So we were sitting there and, oh, that was the first one. Oh, that was the next one. And, yeah, and then the peloton. That's called the peloton, not the... Look, I'm being inventive, okay? <laughs> That was a sound scene by Linda Martin. (laughs) This episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is being brought to you by WorldNomads.com. WorldNomads.com provides great value global travel insurance. You can buy, extend, and claim online, even if you're already traveling. All policyholders also get free travel blogs, safety advice, and language guides for your iPod. WorldNomads.com. Keep traveling safely. Well, let's get on to the interview. Today's interview is with Coley Dale, who's been in China for the last seven years. He's part of the English language team from ctrip.com, and he's going to be helping us get off the beaten track in China. We're speaking today about um, independent travel in China, so we want to kind of look at what a little bit of what China has to offer and hopefully get some of your, your recommendations for, for getting off the, off the beaten path and away from the big cities. So to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about why you love traveling in China and, and kind of what some of your personal highlights have been? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, basically, the thing about China is that it, it, it can't be lumped into any one particular category. There's just so much to see here. Um, you know, I've been here for seven years, and I, I still don't think I've really seen uh, even close to everything that I want to see. So I think it also really has everything that you could be looking for. I mean, they have we have... In uh, Hainan, there's there's what we call the, the Chinese version of Hawaii, and then uh, up in the northwest we have uh, Xinjiang, which is it looks very much like Switzerland, um, and uh, you know a- everything in between. I mean Yunnan in the south is is, is very very lush and tropical, uh, and then you can go all the way up to Siberia and Harbin. I mean there's literally everything in this country, um, and not to mention the, the really interesting and vibrant cities. I mean, this is a country that's awakening from a, a long slumber, uh, as, as the famous Napoleon quote was uh, referencing. And, and honestly, it's uh, it's got quite a, a bit of, of diversity here. And, and that's really the thing I think people should get most excited about as they're planning their Chinese trip is like, what can I possibly see within these two weeks that I have here? Like, it, it, it's a really tough, tough decision because there's so much to choose from. Yeah, that's um, something that I found when we were looking at going in, uh, into China a, a year ago or so. It was um, 
Yeah, it just seemed an amazingly vast and varied landscape, not only to see, but also to to try and navigate and get around the place. So, can you tell me a bit about the uh, the two cities that most people are likely to fly into, which are uh, Shanghai and Beijing? I know that Shanghai's got the World Expo um, mm-hmm. coming up, so that's going to be a huge event. Yeah, it's actually happening right now. It's going to end in October. Um, and uh, so... so I'll break them down. I mean, essentially, Shanghai is not uh, exactly, with the exception of the expo, Shanghai is a very, um, it's not as well known for tourism sites as as Beijing would be. Um, Shanghai is very, I guess you'd kind of just come here to see and enjoy the lifestyle. It's a very cosmopolitan, glitzy city. Um, And uh, it's, I mean, I've lived here for a long time, and I, I think it has to be experienced there's the French concession in Shanghai, which I think is really uh, one of the most interesting and relaxed places in the world. Uh, and then, uh, um, you know, you have you have the Pudong side, which is all the uh, of the river. It's divided by a river, basically. Uh, and then you have the Pudong side, which is where all of the interesting uh, skyscrapers are and uh, actually where the expo is also being housed as well. Uh, so there's really just a huge amount to see in Shanghai. I mean, I would budget two or three days to just kind of walk around um, and, and experience it um, and know that you're going to eat, you know, amazing cuisine if you want to or, or you know, Shanghai street cuisine that's equally amazing, just uh, one one-hundredth the cost probably. Um, and then uh, conversely, um, Beijing up in the north, um, is, uh, is the capital of, of China, and it's got a lot of interesting cultural sites, uh, be it from Tiananmen Square to Forbidden City to Summer Palace. Like it's it's basically where you go when you're ready to do the tourism thing. Uh, Shanghai is the thing you do when you're ready to take a break from the tourism thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I mean, like it's they they both are. are really different um beijing is huge and sprawling i mean you can't really go that far on foot you have to take a cab or subway or a bus but shanghai um you know you can walk a big part of the city um and and uh it's it's great you know each each have their their perks um you know i I prefer shanghai but i've just uh, just been here for a while so yeah sure do you need to kind of um be a local to be able to get into the feeling of the city or um can you stay stay in one of these places for a week and be able to kind of pick up the vibe and and get a feel for life oh yeah i mean that's the thing here is that i mean i'm sure craig you've been everywhere and and i'm trying to accomplish that to go everywhere you know and, and experience as many different countries and cultures as possible the one thing i will say about china is that they're very warm and, and hospitable um the, the, the citizens here you're not going to ever have any i mean i can't say ever but traditionally here uh, there are very few issues with crime there's very few issues with people sort of you know, doing anything against you. Um, um, in fact, they're very welcoming of tours. And, and uh, I find that, you know, as you go to these various cities, you know, my, my biggest thing, whenever I go anywhere, whether it's, um, you know, Shanghai or Ho Chi Minh City or even Singapore or Bangkok, right, you, or London or, or Milwaukee, I mean, I think that actually you really get a feel of the city if you just spend half a day and you walk around it or walk around an area that you're really interested in. Um, and, 
I think that's especially true of Shanghai and you know Beijing as well. In in the to the extent that you can walk in Beijing, but there are some areas that are very interesting. So, in terms of blending in and experiencing it, I think that both cities are. I mean, you do not have to be a local. I mean, you can walk up to any restaurant or any guy selling dumplings in the street and communicate in as few words in English as he knows. He'll say them all to you, <laughs> and uh, and then some. Um, um, so so yeah. I mean, you're not going to have uh, have an issue. Excellent. Well, help us get off the off the beaten track then. Where where do we go next after we've kind of seen the the big East Coast cities? Um, take us somewhere interesting. Well, you know, that's that's my favorite question. Um, is 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 what else is interesting than just the big stuff? I mean, you could obviously do the traditional stuff like go see Xi'an and the the, the forbidden, or sorry, the uh, the terracotta warriors. But you know, I would take it a step further, and I would go um, to a place like Yunnan, Y U N N A N, um, and a place like that. It's it's uh, it's one of the places. It's one of the the, the provinces in China with uh, the most ethnic minorities, um, and they're everywhere there. Uh, it's it's the place somehow maintains about, you know, uh, 20 to 25 degrees, uh, year round. Uh, it's got unbelievable, uh, mountains and, uh, and, and rivers and valleys. It's, it's one of the most natural places I think in China. Um, and just the people and the food, it's all influenced by, uh, sort of Southeast Asia. It's your, it's bordering Northern Thailand, Burma, um, and uh, it's it's just really 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 lush and really beautiful and the food is just out of this world fried goat cheese uh, it's also got it's also got tibetan influences so you can go to towns and have butter tea i think that uh that sounds a lot better than it actually is it's literally butter melted into a cup it's kind of gross actually <laughs> but you could say you've had tibetan butter tea uh, without actually having to go to tibet if you go to yunnan now another place i would totally recommend would be um Xinjiang, which is way up west, near it borders Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, uh, and, uh, and Mongolia. And that place, it also has a, a great um, ethnic minority um, population. You've got Kazakhs, you've got Kyrgyz, you've got, but the main the main group is called Uyghurs. And uh, it, if you've ever had Uyghur food, and I doubt any of your listeners have unless they've been to China, um, it's kind of like Turkish food meets Chinese food, and I really can't describe it any better than that. It's something that has to be eaten and, and enjoyed. Um, the food is unbelievable. The people are, are incredibly outgoing and totally, totally hospitable. I mean, Central Asia is renowned for its hospitality, and that certainly extends into Xinjiang. Um, and uh, I, 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 you know, for one, have just started really experiencing all that Xinjiang has to offer and I'm making or have planned to make quite a few trips out there myself just because it's so different and so interesting at the same time. So. Wow. So how easy is it to, um, to get out there from, um, once again, I'm imagining most people are flying into the, the East coast cities and we're going all the way over to the other side yeah. of China. That's a, a serious flight. Yeah. Well, okay. So to Yunnan, it's about a two and a half hour to three hour flight and then to Kunming. Um, obviously, you can book all these on C-Trip. Sorry, I had to do a plug there. Um, but, uh, you know, we we, uh, we have flights for about, I mean, I think it averages about, um, 
I'm trying to put this in dollars, uh, maybe about $120 each way from, uh, it, it can be a lot cheaper than that, but I'd say average, you're looking at $120 each way to go to uh, Yunnan. Um, and then maybe an additional $100 round trip from Kunming to Lijiang, which is where you're going to want to go uh, if you're in Yunnan. Uh, and then... Uh, to go to Xinjiang from Shanghai, all the, they're all direct flights. Um, to, to take trains, it, I mean, if you take a train to, to Kunming and it would be very, very long. <laughs> It'd be about a 35-hour or 40-hour train ride. Uh, to get to Xinjiang, it's even longer. It's about a 60-hour train ride. Uh, so I would recommend uh, flying in that instance. Uh, and, and you're probably looking at about a, um, let's call it anywhere from four to Five hundred fifty to even six hundred dollars round trip from Shanghai. It's about a five-hour flight, um, the equivalent of flying from New York to Los Angeles. But but it's uh, it's well worth the trip. Like I can't even begin to tell you how interesting it is to to, to sort of mingle with all of these minorities in either of these places because they offer so much sort of interesting, or by way of interesting traditions and unbelievable food. I mean, talk about unique stuff like. Um, and that is the definition of getting off the beaten path in China, I think, is to go to either of those places. That sounds fantastic. Um, so you mentioned um, flights being around 120 US dollars-ish to, um, to make that hop. How much should we be budgeting for, um, say, a week in the city or a week in the countryside? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, Shanghai is very similar to... Um, I would say it's not at New York pricing yet, but it's, um, you know, it's getting, there. it's getting there. If you yeah. want to go high end, yeah. If you want to go, if you want to go high end, I mean, you can go high end in Mexico city, Mumbai or anywhere and probably be sending this, spending the same as you would in New York. Um, but if you, if you are okay with going, you know, low end or not even low end, mid end, mid range, um, that's the difference with China is that in Shanghai, a perfect example is a hotel that has, I think one of the best locations out there, um, in the heart of the French concession, it's called the, one of the hunting hotels, H A N T I N G all of that. You know, you can book on Citrip, obviously. Um, it runs about $30 a night, um, and you get a nice clean bed and a shower. Um, and it's, it's, to- it's, not, it's, it's definitely a step up from, from hostels, um, maybe a couple. But, uh, you know, you can, on the opposite end of that extreme, you can be spending a lot more. Um, and same goes for food. I mean, you could do, you could do uh, I know people who survive on $3 a day here. Uh, poor starving artists. Uh, I also know people who survive on fifty dollars a day. I mean, like for food. So it's all depending on what you're capable of, of, of or what what is important to you. I guess is the politically correct way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There seems to be a really, um, really huge variety. That's for sure. Um, a few other. Yeah, I mean, I've done it all. I mean, yeah. It's, sorry, just it's, I mean, but the best part is like you can eat really well for next to nothing here. Uh, and especially on the countryside, like in the, you know, in the countryside, you know, I, I, there's a, a place outside of Shanghai, about three hours outside of it called Mogamsan, which uh, is near a city called Hangzhou, but it's just in the middle of bamboo forest. And I go to a great guest house, which charges, um, what is it? Uh, 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 about $12 a night. And it's like, Unbelievable! The best view of this giant hillside covered with bamboo forests, um, and then food out there costs you know even less. I mean, you could probably survive on a dollar a day out there for food, um, and eat like 
great countryside cooking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all up to you and, and how willing you are to sort of experiment. But, um, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, having just come back from, from India, where food poisoning is, is a big issue, um, you know, here it's much less so. Um, they, there's, a, I think, a higher level of hygiene and most certainly uh, cooking is, is, is a lot safer here than, than I ever experienced it to be in India. Mm, that's good to know. Good to know. Well, a couple of other practical things before we uh, finish up. I want to know about um, showing up at the Chinese, uh, Chinese border control. Do I need to get, as a, as a tourist, um, do I need to get a visa or any kind of entry requirements before I show up? Yes, you most certainly do. Um, but thankfully, the Chinese consulates um, are very, very quick and efficient in your home country. Um, and you can book them, I think, a couple months in advance. Um, you can just, as long as you have a rough idea as to when you're going to be traveling into China, whether that's overland or, you know, via an airplane, um, you, you can reserve that well in advance. Um, and uh, you do need entry requirements. It's, it's a, I mean, honestly, you can have same-day same processing. Uh, you can use services to mail mail in. One of the services I like to use, at least in the U.S., is called VisaHQ.com. Um, they just kind of, I mean, they kind of just take care of everything for you. Otherwise, if you're living in New York, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump over to 42nd Street, um, and uh, a simple process. I mean, having again, I, I feel like I'm India bashing right now, but having gone through the India visa application process, the Chinese visa was, I mean, was infinitely easier. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, thanks, Coley, for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast and giving us that, that lightning tour of uh, China. I know there's lots more to speak about, but um, yeah, it's it's just such a, a big, varied and interesting place. Yeah, it's really it really is. And honestly, like I said, I've been here for seven years and I don't even think I'm, I'm remotely satisfied with what I've seen in terms of how much more I know there is out there to see. So I hope your listeners take my advice and go to these off the, off the beaten path places because I guarantee they'll have a good time. Great. Well, do you want to um, tell us where people can find you? Because you're um, behind a, a Twitter account, is that right? Yeah, we have a Twitter account. Um, it's C-T-R-I-P, C-Trip English, um, at C-Trip English. Um, we also have our, our website uh, is... Uh, uh, ctrip.com uh, no hyphen just ctrip and uh, yeah I mean drop us a line we're happy to, to talk to you guys about uh, advice on where to go or if you have questions we're more than happy to answer it, uh, answer them um, and uh, happy traveling oh, thanks Coley for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast over the next two months we're going to be traveling in Europe with a URL pass courtesy of URL.com and we're going to be trying to publish lots of video and we'll also be blogging at urlstories.com as well as doing feature pieces on the Travel Podcast. So feel free to follow us there at urlstories.com and um, also keep up to date with what we're doing on, on travelpodcast.com. Mm. going to say anything else, dot .com? Really, dot really com, dot com, dot com, dot com. <laughs> I wonder if there is a site, dot .com, dot com, dot com. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> smooth hey um make sure you check out the photo competition before it's too late in july um we only announced it a week ago because i've been really slacking behind it's still july what are you talking but, about <laughs> um, we've already had more than a dozen entries i think there's 150 dollars worth of prizes up for grabs and um yeah it's it's looking good the theme is uh natural wonders so um i'm sure you've got a photo of something beautiful um even though you may not have a photo of linda but um, 
I made it go red. You can't see that. Um, and then there's also, yeah, if, even if you don't want to submit a photo, just come by and like the ones you like and uh, comment on them. And yeah. uh, the judging panel is going to be taking the, the likes and comments in, into uh, consideration. Yeah, it's not a definite the person with the most likes wins. But, you know, that is a factor. Yeah, why not? Yeah, for sure. Don't forget you can get a free audiobook if you go to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook or IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audible. I but like saying not, not, dot yeah. com, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Not com dot com dot com. That's not getting you anywhere. <laughs> I think it'll be awesome. I don't know why we don't have that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you should definitely get your free audiobook. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor again and tell you about a great initiative they've set up. At worldnomist.com, you can also support a Footprints community development project when you purchase your travel insurance online. Worldnomist.com. Keep traveling safely. And if you come to IndieTravelPodcast.com... .com.com.com. Yes, I got to say it. No, thief! <laughs> You'll also find the insurance link at the top of the page. So there we have some of our experiences with travel insurance and show you why we chose worldnomads.com for our own travel insurance. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. We've got to go and uh, drink some wine. Of, in the Savoir with uh, Wink from Wine Travel Guides yeah. and uh, Brett from the Wine Maestro. So we're going to be in, in highly educated company. Oh, it's such a hard life. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next week, travel well. <laughs>